standard issue for all women. Hello, Mickey here. Welcome to Sunday Chops. This week it is the extended interview with the excellent Mayor, aka MG Leonard, author of children's books that adults should definitely read. On that note, Mayor's books, Beetle Boy, Beetle Queen and Battle of the Beatles are available from all good booksellers and you should definitely get them in your hands and indeed in your eyes and into the eyes of any children you might know. As you can tell from the title of her books, Maya is big into the Beatles. No, no, not the popular beat combo from the 1960s and 70s, but instead our six-legged insect friends, the mini-beasts. It wasn't always the way. Maya wasn't always big into the Beatles. In fact, she used to be a little bit phobic and she tells us all about how she overcame that. She also makes Jen and Hannah do a lot of shivering as she talks about creepy crawlies and indeed gives them the heebie-jeebies. So if you are of a sensitive nature when it comes to bugs, this is your warning. When you finish this, please do go and listen to some of our other chops. We have some excellent interviews that you can get into your ears including our Hannah's chat with award-winning businesswoman and founder of Thayer Healthcare, Cara Donlan. They talked about how the company's bamboo bras are helping women recovering from breast cancer, as well as the hurdles for women in business and some top tips to start in your own firm. There's also our interview with Anglia Ruskin University's Dr Terry Simpkin, and we asked the expert on imposter phenomenon if she could fix Hannah. To be honest, she gave it her best shot, and she also dished out some interesting facts about imposter phenomenon and some handy tips on how to get over it while she was at it. My final bit of admin is, if you like what we do, please do tell people. It's very helpful for us if we can get as many listeners as possible so we are relying on you to spread the joy and if that means popping on over to itunes and rating and reviewing us please do so it doesn't take very long especially when you know to give us five stars no pressure or anything but five stars please and thanks all right enough of me wanging on here is the utterly brilliant maya leonard hello we are joined in the studio by maya leonard also known, or probably better known as M.G. Leonard, award-winning author. True, I have won awards. You write books for middle school-aged kids, is that right? Yeah, middle grade they call it, but that's the American school system. So basically, Harry Potter-aged kids. If you can read Harry Potter, you can read my books. And if you're an adult who reads Harry Potter books, you should read Mayer's books as well, because they are very, very good and very funny. I hope so. Yeah, (laughs) I think that was the plan, right? (laughs) Totally. They are a Beatle trilogy. They are indeed. It's basically one long story. In publishing, quite often what happens is if you have a success, they then just ask you to write another one. But I had already set out three books. It was always only going to be three books, and it's very much a three-act structure. So Beetle Boy, at the beginning of that book, my protagonist, Darkus, his father mysteriously disappears from inside a locked room at the Natural History Museum. And with the help of an intelligent beetle, Uh, and in fact hundreds of thousands of beetles, he sets out to solve that mystery. Now, when he does set out to solve that mystery, he encounters a villain. Lucretia Cutter. a villainess. Now, Lucretia Cutter is bad news, you know that in book one, but you don't really know what on earth she's doing or why. Uh, And in the second book, Beetle Queen... Darkus and his friends and the readers uncover her evil plans and they set out to stop her. And then in the third book, Battle of the Beatles, well, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. I mean, my hero, Beetle Boy, and my villain, Beetle Queen, fight it out in an epic battle with thousands of species of beetles. Beetle Boy came out in 2016, Beetle Queen last year, and Battle of the Beatles came out in February. 
Correct. Are yes. you really tired? Y- yes, I'm also a mum with two kids, and for some of that, I had a job, which I don't have anymore. But yeah, and also I have a non-fiction book about Beatles being published in September. So You've I've actually written four books in eighteen months. Jumped the gun on me there, but that's Sorry. fine. No, no, that's good. So I was about to say you're not done with Beatles, though, are you? How did you get into the whole Beatle thing? Because you used to be a bit scared of the old books, didn't you? Properly. Phobic. I mean, not just a bit scared, like properly embarrassing, screaming, like jumping up on chairs. And, you know, I have once at the sight of an incredibly large spider evacuated the house in a negligee and stood in the street flapping my arms around, refusing to come inside until I was shown its dead body. I wasn't sure where you were going to go with after (laughs) evacuated, to be honest. I thought maybe bowels were going to come into play. No, I literally ran away. I mean, that's how awful... But it wasn't just spiders. They were the worst. They were my nemesis. But, oh goodness, daddy long legs, moths, butterflies. I was even scared of butterflies. Are you scared of butterflies? I'm not scared of butterflies, but I had an encounter with a particular type of beetle that was so utterly terrifying that I actually put my hand on a barbecue in order to get away from it. <laughs> what kind of beetle did It was called you? a Christmas beetle. Oh, in Australia? In Australia. And yeah. it arrived on Christmas Day. It arrived like a tomahawk helicopter. Sort of just came down like that. And I thought, oh my God, it's going to land on me. It's going to land on me. It didn't. And it landed on my friend who was really heavily pregnant. And my first thought, oh, just thank fuck that's not me. <laughs> and she said, she was just standing there saying, somebody help me. It was, honestly, it was the most disgusting thing. Yeah, how big are they? I'd say probably. Hannah is uh, that, making her... About the size of an egg? Yeah, I was going to say about yeah, egg size. about the size of an yeah, egg. And it, and it flew. Chicken and it was egg. disgusting. And we just panicked. And I was trapped at the side of the table that I couldn't get out. And I decided to go over the barbecue to get away from this thing. Because it was so gross. So here's the thing, right? I genuinely believe, because I was completely phobic about these things, that there's a relationship between ignorance, not knowing what it is, and fear. Because I know what you're talking about is a chafer, which we have in England and we call them Maybugs or Junebugs. They are fuckers, I hate them. <laughs> they chase you. But they, This thing was the size of a stag beetle it had horns yeah. on it. We used to call them like fucking billy witches or something weird like that. Gentle Essex. I can assure you Rural they're not Essex. chasing you, they're just really bad flyers. They're really stupid. But also, the chafers in the UK, they eat lawn roots, grass roots. They don't bite, they can't sting you, they can't hurt you in any way. I thought you were going to say like the flesh of children they're no. horrible no there are some beetles that do eat flesh carrion mm. beetles they're called but they usually eat mice and and not children or dead birds but yeah the christmas beetle is a type it's an australian chafer basically and it's one of the early signs of christmas so like we have oh it's snowing it's christmas they have oh it's giant they have beetles. these repulsive giant beetles again <laughs> arrive and land beautiful. on your pregnant friends i was gonna say you should use the word repulsive but i think beetles are the most beautiful of the mini beasts because they're particularly like a scarab beetle with an iridescent shiny. I basically, that's how I try to do my eye makeup a lot of the time. <laughs> it looks very nice. Well, I, I also would say that probably some of your eye makeup is probably made from some bugs. Oh, that's not I try really that. hard not to buy anything that has had anything to do with animals. Shellac that makes nail polish is usually made from bugs. And, of course, there's a cochineal dye, which yep. is not a beetle, but it's a bug. And yeah, that's I, what is in yeah. red lipstick. I used to work for the lads mags. And one task that they sent me, I used to get given either interview the model so they'll tell you all the sex stuff or set me ridiculous tasks. And I had to phone around a lot of different companies, including Ocean Spray, Cranberry Juice and Bassets, who make jelly babies, and ask them what dye they use, what red dye they use specifically, because carmine is made from 
Cochineal, right? Yep. And then when they said it, in order to get a good interview, <laughs> according to the lads' mags, I had to go, oh my God, that's disgusting. Use crushed beetles and then gauge their reactions. And um, yeah, they weren't as amused as the readers were, which... <laughs> But yeah, it still goes on there. There is still a lot of that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's a huge amount of um, insect products used in the fashion industry, and that's why my villain Lucretia Cutter is a fashion designer. You know, because there's a massive connection between the beauty industry and and invertebrates or insects. So yeah, I thought that was a really nice kind of link, really. But you know, the idea is if you read my books, the adventure is so compelling you don't realise that you're learning stuff about beetles, and by the end of them you actually quite like them and in fact one of the things I really wanted to do because I didn't know when I wrote this it was for kids I wrote it for me and it turns out (laughs) mentally I'm about 12 so fair enough uh, and so you know the humour in it is my humour but only 12 year olds seem to think it's hilarious and me so and um, I did I mean I I clearly say (laughs) that it's a very very who doesn't like a battle with thousands of beetles a lot of poo and some bad guys right because beetles love poo and kids love poo and I think scatology's hilarious yeah you, we've lost Hannah we've lost <laughs> Hannah on this one you don't think poo's funny I'm not big into poo but also I'm not into thousands of beetles <laughs> I have to say <laughs> you've picked my a... two worst things I'm not big into <laughs> poo yeah. of this... Hannah Dunleavy I am not big into poo I'm is that not, your fact but also any, I think anything is alright on its own it's when you start to get what I would describe as you know a swarm that it starts to feel I had a situation with a moth once. It was like the size, this is obviously a little bit off topic, but it was about the size of a small Eastern European country, right? And, uh, <laughs> and I was just like, fuck this shit. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, in, I'm not up for this. They're just night butterflies, yeah. And I, you say that, it was huge. And they get excited by light, which tends to be... Anyway, I like whacked it and it went off somewhere and I was like, all oh, right, okay, I've dealt with that. That doesn't seem to be flying anymore. Later on, getting ready for bed... Put my pajama bottoms on. Suddenly, I'm like, "What is that weird vibe?" It was in my pajama bottoms, and I put them on, and the moth was like going boot, and I had to like literally take them off and throw my pajama bottoms away because I was too terrified to deal with the. I situation. thought you were going to say onto a barbecue, and then the two stories <laughs> would have been neatly tied. When I was in Australia, I worked in this place called Sydney in Sydney called The Rocks, and um, they have a cockroach infestation there i mean they're, yeah. they're weird then it's not perceived as a sign of dirt it's just that's where they live yeah and when it gets to about dusk they all come off like they literally run down the rocks and i used to i used to work in this restaurant that was right sort of the rocks sort of ended at our like eating area and they would all just be running around and they were like the size of stag beetles and flying around and they were absolutely disgusting and one went up the leg of my trousers once and I just took them off in the middle of the restaurant <laughs> and just beat them on the ground with my trousers. And everyone was staring. You know what I'm like about like not having clothes on? But I was like, nothing is worse than this. This thing is in my trousers. And <laughs> I don't know that I do you know shouting? what you're like about not having clothes on. And it was fire. Yeah, and I was like <laughs> beating them. And then I went into the kitchen. I was standing in the kitchen. And this guy that I work with who is from the Philippines came up to me. And he says, do you want to know something really disgusting? I said, what? He said, in our country, they're white. And I don't know what it was about that. And I was like, ah. The idea that these really repulsive creatures come in another colour really just grossed me out. Yeah. I'm not too bad on the beetly cockroachy things. It was flies that used to piss me off. And by piss me off, I mean, as a child, I was absolutely shit scared of them. Vicky, um, things this big, right, flying, just flying around, right? 
They don't need to fly. They like shit. Shit's on the ground. <laughs> Shit's not in the air. They're just mixing it think. up. They're just having a lovely time. Imagine if spiders could fly, though. Why would you Some say can. that? What? Sure. Why would you say that? <laughs> do you like oh, my voice like, then? Um, Some can. Yeah. No, so the, what they do... Sometimes they come back. Like, so a lot of people don't realise this. Oh, but, itching. Sorry. <laughs> but like... Up 15,000 feet above your head, there are lots of flying insects, yeah. right? And spiders, well, certain breeds of spiders, will throw out spinners and almost a bit like gliders will literally use air currents to move. So oh, they that's kind of cool. Hello, yeah. actually. Yeah. Honestly, I was the just, more you know about insects, the cooler they get, I, I promise. I was just about to go like, oh, like Spider-Man. <laughs> Obviously, like Spider-Man, Mick, that's where he gets the name. But yeah, no, I mean, I used to be completely phobic, so I do get where you're coming from. And there is a scene early in... My first book, Beetle Boy, where a large beetle falls out of the trouser leg of one of my buffoonish villains. And it's very funny because insects are hilarious, people's reactions to them. But I'm going to put put it on the table, seeing as there are four women in the room. Fear of insects is a gendered topic. Really? Oh, yeah. Because Tell us more. Here's the thing. Women are taught, socially, that... To be scared of insects is, A, acceptable and, and rational and normal, but actually quite feminine. And who is meant to rescue you from the horrible beasties? Men who aren't supposed to be scared of insects. Actually, I have, to say, I have to say my mum, because my dad was the person in our house who was scared of spiders. Just oh, also, weirdly. Hannah, did you realise you were being unwittingly sexy when you whipped off your pants in the middle of the restaurant? <laughs> I'm better now. I have to say, uh, being in Australia... Made me realise when I came back here. Oh, here our insects nothing. aren't things. They yeah. they can't bite. Well, they can bite you, but they don't give you diseases or kill you. Yeah. Or and they don't come in the sheer volume that I saw them there. Of like that's not that's an infestation. I can see in that corner type thing. Whereas at home, you're like, oh, it's two moths, big whoop. I've got to say, going back to the gender topic, I'm not scared of spiders, and I've never been scared of spiders. And I spent a little bit of time in the Bolivian jungle, and even the bigger ones, I was like, well, I don't really want to get tangled up with it, but. I wasn't freaking out. I've seen more men freak out and I've rescued more men from spiders yeah. than I have women friends. It's really interesting because I go uh, up and down the country and do a lot of school visits. So you're going to go rescuing men from spiders? Yes, yeah, of course. In groups of young people, if you ask who does and doesn't like bugs, it's usually 50% of the room doesn't like bugs and 50% of the room does. Usually the 50% that do are majority, majority boys. And also girls all do the screaming, like, because I often bring beetles with me to events, live beetles, and girls are the ones that will do the screaming. Can I just ask, do you have any hair now? No, I didn't bring <laughs> okay. any today. Uh, I, I, I didn't have that on my okay. <laughs> agenda. So I, I just, okay. just went to be clear because my lunch is in my bag and I don't want to open it up later and find something in there. I have an observation that may or may not be accurate, but I think that spiders are basically universally scary. I know quite a few dudes that don't really like spiders and I had to, I didn't like spiders very much, I still don't like them that much, but I learned to tolerate them because I had to save my old flatmate, who was a man, from them. He'd just be like yeah. oh, someone in the bath, come and help me! Uh, and and so I, I learned to be okay with it but I think you're right, I think if you think about like bugs and beetles and things like that I probably don't know that many dudes who would be bothered by them, but spiders seems to be like the one thing that's acceptable. But the thing, so about two years ago, in 2016, when Beetle Boy first came out, there was a huge viral internet thing called Bugs Are For Girls, hashtag Bugs Are For Girls, because there was this girl called uh, Sophia in Canada who was aged eight, who loved insects and got mercilessly bullied at school as being a weird kid because she was a girl who liked insects. 
And then her mother got in touch with the Canadian Entomology Society saying, have you got any female entomologists who can tell my daughter it's not weird for her to like bugs? And even her teacher, who was female, said it wasn't very feminine to collect and like bugs. And the thing that's interesting to me is that, like, I never questioned why I was scared when I was scared because I was scared of everything. But one of the things that I do know is that at no point did I think, like, I need to take control of this and deal with it myself. I would absolutely expect if there was men around and I saw a spider that was scaring me, I'd be like, who's going to get rid of that because it ain't going to be me. And it's really interesting because I'd never thought about it before until I read about Sophia's story and got in touch with her mum, actually, that actually you might be thought of as strange and socially outcast if you're a girl who's interested in insects. But it happens. Like It's really interesting. There's a thing about when you're a teenager and peer pressure and mm. being odd and slightly different is problematic. But our fear of insects is... is I think it's a massive problem because in the ecosystem, we need insects. Mm. And there's been a 70% decline in the insects in just really in Europe. Yeah, in the last 50 years. 70%. Across the board. Obviously, yeah. bees are a bit of a, yeah, bit of a problem. Yeah, across the board because of pesticides and all those kinds of things. But also, like, our culture in the West, we do just vilify and say mm. that we should kill insects. We don't appreciate them or try and understand them. And people who do are often seen as slightly odd or eccentric and the thing is is that even in our cultural products like if you see a movie and some insects scurry across the screen you know something bad's going to happen right it's not going to be like a good moment you know that it's a foreboding thing or an evil thing or halloween or whatever oh look they found your car keys (laughs) exactly (laughs) oh a wedding i love a wedding they're never the good guys exactly (laughs) so like the thing is is that we create cultural narratives over and over again that vilify insects and say that they're bad and they're disgusting and they're dirty and all of these things but actually the opposite is true and if you think about Teletubbies or you think about in the night garden or any of those programs where we show children what a nice safe environment looks like they're green, there's no insects, they're sanitised they're clean, there's no, like what's soil made of? It's rotting matter and poo basically, yeah. like, but we're teaching children a whole incorrect relationship with insects because actually we need them, it's much more scary if you see a piece of land and there are no insects that is much more terrifying to us, or at least it should be, than a piece of land covered in a rich array of different invertebrates. So really, we should be bigging up the bugs, which is what I'm trying to do with these books, what I'm trying to do with these stories, is reverse that and have... like The Beatles are the good guys, right? They have character, and there's a lot of education in there with a soft, soft E. But one of the things I want is parents to read the books with their kids, because when parents go out for a walk in the country with their kids, or just in the park and they see a bug, instead of being like, ugh, they'll be able to say, oh, look at its thorax and its elytra, and this is a this type of insect or that type of insect. And the education will make the fear lessen, yeah. uh, and the knowledge grow, and hopefully the relationship grow. I mean, it's a basic thing. And they should, because actually, more and more, we're being told that women actually live by themselves more. So, yeah, you've got to sort this problem yeah. out. You can't... No uh, men coming around to get rid of yeah. your spiders, loves. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to... My, I mean, it, it's not quite the same, because it's not insects, but my cat went through a period where she used to bring me frogs. And, and she didn't hurt them. She used to bring them up really softly and then put them down yeah. and then they would go absolutely batshit around the house and I would have to catch them. Many would bring in slow worms. And I'm okay with catching a frog now. First time I thought it was, the, I was like, why is this happening to me? Now I'm like, get in your little box, mate. It'll be all right. 
and then I take them for a walk. We call and I release her them the frog whisperer. Slowworms, mate. <laughs> They're like little snakes. They've got faces and everything. They're cool, though, aren't they? I think you were saying that the mm. the more you find out about insects, the less scary they become, and the more yeah. the more cool they are. Yeah, that is definitely a thing. Apart from wasps, which are just useless cunty bees. They are pricks. They are pricks. Yeah, I hate awful. them. I'm scared. Have you got anything good to say about wasps? The thing that annoys me me I about wasps. Sorry, you, okay, no, go for it. <laughs> My sister is terrified of wasps, and I actually think that. I, get one day on. I'm going to pin her down and get a wasp to sting her because it doesn't actually hurt as much as she thinks it does. I mean, there's a risk she might die, I suppose. But but there's a risk she might die crushing her car because when one comes in her car, I'm like, you've got to get That's this sorted. Thing, this though. is insane. You I, can't be driving all over the road like this. I'm really scared of wasps to the extent that like my mate has to form, like she'll she'll form a human shield around me <laughs> when there's one and sort Have of try and guide one? them. No, and I know the only way to stop being scared Jen and my is sister, to get, get gonna come stung for a drink. They're going to find themselves lots of lots of open <laughs> yeah. cans of coke. I'm going to give them ice lollies. Oddly surrounded by peanuts, just and in I, case Hannah needs an alibi. Yeah. I will never accept a summertime drinks invitation <laughs> from you now, Hannah. But, but it's true that wasps are very important pollinators. Are uh, they? Do yes. they do shit? Yes, no they purpose. do. They know they have. Honestly, the more you learn about this stuff, you realise whoa, the depth of like I mean I literally knew nothing I had to research for six years to write these books okay why are they so angry was yeah they really aren't only the lady ones sting <laughs> is that male, yeah male wasps don't sting yeah the other thing about invertebrates which is cool is that the females are pretty much all insects are the awesome ones they live the Black longest widows. they're the strongest they do all the cool stuff they run the hive yeah, yeah I mean you know I think women should be pro bug personally but um... I was totally on board until the wasp thing I had this thing a couple of years ago where I was um, in my garden and I'd dug out a tree thing and I pulled a load of roots out and when I went back to it a couple of days later all these little holes it looked like someone had stabbed pencil into the ground over and over and over again were there and I didn't know what it was and I was having a look and suddenly loads of bees started to come out of them and it was an underground beehive and I called someone out to have a look at it and they told me that the law said I had to leave it And so I really couldn't go down that bottom bit of my garden for ages because it was a bit terrifying. But you'd see them all, like, just fly off together, come out of it and fly off together to do their business. And you're like, there's a woman in there going, get out to fucking work. And they've all gone off and done it. And they're all going to bring her back food and stuff. And they're going to live in this masonry bees, they told me it was, the guy I called out to them. They apparently don't usually go underground. They usually go into, into buildings. masonry. But I they think were, that yeah. particular queen bee had been listening to the War of the Worlds and was very inspired by David Essex's character. We're going to start a whole new world <laughs> underground. Yeah. I know that some of them are scary, but who, who? how many people around the table have cats? I have a cat. I have a cat. Yeah. Have a cat. Well, well, my mum does, but... Uh, yeah. Cats, like my cat, when it is very playful, uh, uh, he will bite me with his teeth gently, but often he'll scratch me. He'll break Does he rabbit skin. punch? Yeah, and you know he'll get a bit excited, and then and then I'll get a scratch, and I'll be like, "Ah, oh, TCP." That cat scratch will hurt you more than any beetle ever could ever. That cat scratch is more painful than a wasp sting. But we are okay because so I have because beetles aren't covered in fur. Yeah, can cats I, can are I cute. Just, okay, I have a it's a it's a bullshit theory what I made up. Okay, but I have a theory about why we're, we're all about the okay. bullshit okay. theories. Welcome, that are made welcome. Up. join us. <laughs> I like, like to make it very clear. I am not a scientist. I never went to university to study this shit. But here is my theory. Right, 
I discovered whilst doing this research that beetles don't have lungs, right? Most invertebrates don't have lungs. How do they okay? <laughs> exactly. How do they breathe? <laughs> well, the answer to that question is they breathe through tiny holes in their exoskeleton called spiracles, right? And these spiracles have valves on, so they can open up these valves and then the air passes through them and they just like you the trochee in your lungs they absorb the oxygen from the air as it passes through their body so they're basically aliens so they don't respire we don't see that move so you can see with mammals oh that horse is scared or that horse is angry or that mouse is terrified because we can watch the breath we read mammals read each other's breaths we can look at our cat and relate to our cat because we can see it breathing we're breathing we can relate to it right we can't relate to insects because they don't breathe and we think fuck zombie yeah, yeah. And run, right? Because it should be dead, but it bloody moves and then we're terrified. Kill it with a shoe. No, don't kill it. <laughs> Love it. Make it your friend. But, but understand it's breathing through these amazing holes. Do you think it's also because you can't see its face? Uh, but you see, it they do. Really cute. They do, but they're just underneath. You have to yeah, turn them you over. Can't, you can't, like, see them, really. You know, like, you Not can't... if you're not making friends with them. You can on March flies. They're so big, you could probably recognise them again if you saw them. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Marchfly. I saw you, saw you in a police lineup. <laughs> if you're ever in Brighton, come round my place. I have some Australian rainbow stag beetles, which okay. are very beautiful and are very big. Uh, and they have such cute little faces and little beady eyes. And actually, when you keep beetles as pets, I know I sound mad right now, but when you keep them as pets, you realise that they have personalities and they have characters. So we kill insects indiscriminately not thinking much about them but like I've had same sex same species of beetle in a tank together and one of the girls will be batshit crazy trying to fly all the time and just nuts and the other one will just be an eater and will never fly and she'll just <laughs> sit by the jelly and she'll eat her strawberry jelly and she's like ah, crazy sorry like, well beetles eat jelly yeah well some beetles eat shit but you know my beetles eat I wouldn't keep dung beetles as pets because you know you don't want to feed them right so my beetles eat jelly because there are lots of species of beetle that eat rotting fruit and so they make good pets and the australian rainbow stag beetle lives for nearly two years whereas like the british stag beetle lives for five weeks so you wouldn't have one as a pet because it wouldn't last very long but yeah i feed them little pots of beetle jelly honey flavored or mango flavored or strawberry flavored is their favorite i've learned and they absolutely have personalities. I can see when they're frightened. They do get frightened. And you can read them once you understand and you spend some time looking at them and you know that they don't breathe like with lungs. If you actually learn to read the signals, they tend to flicker their elytra when they get frightened because they're getting ready to fly. I can see when they're happy, when they're not well, you can't see this on a podcast, but three grown women are just staring at Maya, open-mouthed <laughs> with awe. <laughs> it started at strawberry jelly and then just didn't go away. Like, what? They make great pets. What can I say? How did you get over your phobia then? Truthfully? Yeah? So I wrote Beetle Boy, and I was there with my head. I thought, intellectually, I was like, okay, this is a good thing. People shouldn't be scared of bugs. I need to help kids not be scared of bugs. I'm still scared of bugs, but I'm going to write this book and I'm going to describe everything positively and make them heroic. And that did a lot of work on my head. But my body still had that, fuck, it's a bug, run, kind <laughs> of like spontaneous knee-jerk mm. reaction. And then the book came. I didn't think the book would do that well, right? Because, you know, it's a Marmite subject. You either love them or hate them. And the book came out and it, everything went crazy and it did very well. And then Blue Peter rang up and said, we'd love to have her on the show for National Insect Week with lots of lovely live insects. And I was like, shit, did she give you a budge? 
Yeah, I got a badge. Oh, I know, right? I've got a badge. Odd one out. No. But anyway, here's the thing. What would you do if you realise you're going to go on live TV as the woman who wrote the Beetle Boy? Call in sick. Right? (laughs) (laughs) But there's the thing. And they'll go, oh, look, here's some lovely insects. May I pick up? And I'm like, running off set. Like, you know, it would be a disaster. I rang up this because I have an entomologist that proofreads my books to make sure that I'm not feeding kids incorrect facts. Everything about the beetles in my books are factually accurate. And I rang her up and I was like, oh, Sarah, I am in trouble. I have to go live on TV. She knew I was scared of beetles and bugs and stuff. Uh, And so she runs... uh, a beetle zoo or a bug zoo, an invertebrate zoo in Pembrokeshire at a place called the Bug Farm. And she was like, come to my bug farm and we'll start with the really small ones and we will work our way up. She helped me by giving me different small beetles to hold and building it up until I finally held like a Hercules beetle, which is like that massive. How so, massive for the listeners? So I'd say... About the size of your hand? Yeah, between egg. three to four inches in length, Yeah. With, because the horn is massive, it's about 50% of its body. It's got a huge protruding horn from its head. By the end of it, I was like, check me out with my beetle love. And I was quite proud. But the rainbow stag beetles that she had, I particularly was a, fond of. Like I, When I handled all these different um, beetles, I was like, yeah, I like those ones. So before I could really think about it, because I took my husband with me because I was nervous, I said to him, I, I'm, we're going to buy a pair of these and take them home. Then I'll handle them every day. And by the time you get to Blue Peter, I'm going to be awesome. And actually, when we got to Blue Peter, they, this guy had the most amazing Atlas beetles, which I'd never seen because they don't live for very long. I'd never seen a live one. Uh, and so whilst we were on set, I was like, can I just pick up the Atlas? Can I hold it? And I got told off by the producers. They were like, can you stop picking up the bugs? <laughs> and I was like, sorry. They're like, we need a rehearsal. Put the bug back in the, in the thing and don't touch it. Like, okay, I won't touch it. So now I'm kind of the other way. But I was still still phobic about spiders and I'm friends with this woman called Dr Jess French who presents CBB's Bug Hunt and we were doing a festival together in Bath and we were in the green room and she said oh you know you said you're still scared of spiders and I was like oh yeah I've still got an issue with spiders and she reached down and he's here bed. tonight <laughs> she put a massive pink tarantula into my hands yeah. uh, going she said, close your eyes, I've got something for you. And I put my hands out like an idiot. And I opened my eyes and there was a motherfucking tarantula in them. Uh, and the weird thing was, is when she put it into my hand, it felt like a baby kitten. They're really soft and fluffy, right? But when you open your eyes, it's a tarantula. Yeah. Uh, and I did this thing where every pore on my body spontaneously sweated fear and it lifted up its front two legs like it was going to do, like in a horror movie, like they're going to attack. And I was like... Oh, God. And she's like, it's fine, it's fine, just calm down, calm down. And I was, I managed to get one person to quickly take a photo of me so I could show my son because I knew he would never believe that I'd held a tarantula. And in that picture, I look like I'm weeing in my knickers. I've got that face <laughs> of like, I really look like an insane woman peeing herself holding a tarantula. But I did it and I put it back and I was like, that, that wasn't as bad as I thought. How big was it? It was... Massive. I mean, it was it was bigger than my hand. I needed two hands to hold it. But yeah. it was pink, Jen. It was pink. I think I saw a dead tarantula. It was big. It was big enough that I saw it while I was cycling, and I went back to have a look. Basically, wow. like it was big enough for me to be like, I've noticed you while cycling along, and I went back, and it was dead already in Louisiana, just on the side of the road, and it was furry and very big. What's this? Uh, this. Dead one of them. What? 
Hey. Bad visual gag there. Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> there, there are actually <laughs> there are actually loads of well and several places that I know of that you can go and be deprogrammed uh, near me. Shepherd's <laughs> Wildlife Park does it near me. I know London Zoo does it. Yeah, they we do. said Jane Bostock to one actually. Oh, was it Jane? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, to get over her fear of spiders. And did it work? Um, it did. Except we had um, it was when we were an online magazine and we had a lot of people wrote in and asked us to stop tweeting the picture of the spider because it was triggering them because yeah. they were so scared of spiders that they couldn't even every time they're like we really want to read about how she might have been <laughs> cured but we can't because there's this photo of a spider but then also a lot of people were saying oh I just I could never do that and I, yeah I mean that's pretty much what Jane thought until she went there and here she is holding a spider yeah, don't write say it that about everything, you've tried it yeah I mean that, that I genuinely like if you got in a time machine and went back to me when I was 17 and went in 2016, you're going to be on the cover of the Royal Entomology Society's magazine antenna holding a giant beetle. I would have been like, fuck off. No, I won't. Like, you got the wrong girl. Like, go talk to someone else. That is never going to happen. But that has happened. And, like, coming overcoming one fear is quite liberating because you're like, it's just the way that I'm thinking about stuff that is making me frightened. And being frightened is such an unpleasant thing. Like, it's such a horrible thing to be genuinely terrified, mm. especially when it's a spontaneous fear about something that lives in your house. You know, it would be much better to actually address it and realise, because mm. they are, spiders are really important for the environment. They're actually really good and clean. You know, they kill flies, stuff. doesn't it? What's, yeah. what's our preferred method? I, I like a glass and a bit of card. That's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Hands, I just go in with my hands. Oh, really? No matter the size? Mm, not really bothered. Wow, good for you. I'm yeah. still, like, if it's bigger than a 50p piece, I, I need a glass and a... If I ever get freaked out, it's not by a, a, a spider that's got a big body and long legs. It's the little tiny bodies and massive long legs. I'm a bit like, oh, no. that's weird. But still, we'll just go in with my hands, yeah. No, always a glass and a bit card. Occasionally, if, if there's nothing to hand, like, sometimes a bit of tissue and then chuck it out the window. Chuck Basically, it out the window. Yeah. They can't really fly. They can't all fly. But surely they just land okay. Unfortunately, no. Do uh, they not? They've got yeah. really fragile legs. Yeah. So the thing, like one of the, I things... thought I was doing them a favour. <laughs> no, I really did. <laughs> oh shit! So one of the one of the things that Dr. Jess French told me when I was terrified holding the tarantula is she said, "Whatever you do, don't drop it because just a, a fall just from there from me sat on a chair with my arms out to the ground, which is only what three or four feet, would kill it." But I but with a tarantula, I can understand that because they're heavy. They're going to be they're heavier. Not, they're not heavy at all. But they're going to be heavier. I can imagine. It's relative. But like though. a tiny one. You well, just sort of think they're just going to like float, right? No, down they don't. To the... What you do in future is you attach it to a balloon, <laughs> and then you just let it go, and do then you it. Those um, little parachuting men that you yeah. used to get the soldiers—they were always men. I'm not—I'm not being the sexist one here, but little plastic soldiers that you threw out, and then a parachute would open. You need I've to get them on the windowsill, then they get on the wall and run down it. This is, I assume this I'd is brand new information to me. Just don't chuck them. All right, yeah. we've all learned something. Can you tell us about the non-fiction Beetle book that is coming out? When's it out? How's it going? It's out on the 1st of September. It is so beautiful, right? Because what I really wanted to do is, whilst I was researching, I read a lot of books, and I read a lot of kids' books on insects to see what the information is given. And quite often, well, beetles often get lumped in with bugs. And for those who don't know, a beetle is not a bug. They're two different types of creature. Hang uh, on, hang on, hang on. What yeah. is it then? So the thing about a beetle, a beetle has mouth parts, so they often chew food. They have teeth, 
And a bug usually has a proboscis. They feed in a different way. Yeah, yeah like a mosquito. And a beetle has two pairs of wings. It has a hard outer pair that kind of flip out and then f underneath, hidden away, is a soft membranous pair and they fly. So the thing is about beetles is that they're the only creature that has two different types of wings. Of like two gliders and flappers. Yeah. So, yeah, they have a pair of flappers and a pair there you have perfect description. Uh, so the thing about a beetle is any creature that has mouth parts and two pairs of you know wings uh, is a beetle. A bug only has usually one pair of wings, or if it has two, they're of the same substance, and it usually has a proboscis. Because this is the other oh. thing I learned about insects. It's all how you describe them, how they're biologically put together, but they are put together in different ways. But, yeah, when I looked at kids' nonfiction books, they're often two-dimensional, brightly coloured pictures of bugs that aren't realistic they're kind of you know like a silhouette of a hercules beetle in like orange and brown and, and it looks gorgeous but it's not very realistic of what you're going to see mm. and then they'll be like fact and another fact um, and that's how it's laid out and I really missed the old natural history books of the 1930s where there was a kind of narrative, like a, an authoritative voice would tell you, if, oh, if you go out in your garden, like all the old David Attenborough books, this is what you'll see. And if, you, if you've got a pond and that kind of narrative. And the illustrations that used to go along with that were really beautiful and scientifically accurate. So when I did my research for Beetle Boy and the other books, I went to a lot of entomologists' offices and they always had the same artwork on the walls by this guy called Kareem Nahabu. And Kareem Nahabu is a really talented illustrator that only does invertebrates. And the only people who know about him are the insect lovers mm. who have his art all over their walls. So when Scholastic said that they wanted to publish my non-fiction book, I was like, I want all the illustrations done by Kareem Nahabu and I want it to be a narrative so that you could read it from page one all the way to the end, almost like a story. I don't want it to be just pictures and facts. The whole book is annotated by the characters in my novels. For those that have read my novels, they'll recognise lots of species from the story and then they can learn more about it. So it's going to be a nice cloth-bound hardback, like an old 1930s book, written in that way, four colour pages, beautiful illustrations, and over 60 species of beetle, including the Australian Christmas beetle. So you can about it. <laughs> oh, I quite like them now. I liked them anyway, to be honest. I thought a bug was just a catch-all term for a non-scientific catch-all term for, like, bugs? The Latinist name for a bug is Hemiptera and the Latinist name for a beetle is Coleoptera and bug has been used as a catch-all term for all invertebrates. It was like slang. What is your beautiful non-fiction beetle book called, please? A Beetle Collector's Handbook. Maya, thank you so much for coming and talking to us. <laughs> My pleasure. Be nice to your beetle friends now, please. <laughs> 